host Jordan Kavilla, and this podcast serves as your space to find clarity and grounding in your creative business. I hope that our time together will provide you with not only a clear vision for the way forward, but a strategy for how to achieve it while keeping the most important things the most important things. Because when you thrive, your business thrives. Hey guys, welcome to episode four of The Grounding. This episode is incredibly exciting because my dear friend, Catherine, is going to be on with us today to talk about how defining your why directly influences the branding that you do for your business. So Catherine is the brand designer over at Creme Brands. And our conversation is packed full of so much good information. I know that you're going to love it. So this is the first of my interview episodes that I will be putting out for this season. And it is a little bit longer than the other episodes that you've listened to so far. But trust me, it is so good. There are so many pieces of truth that she just gives us for free, which I think is amazing because Catherine's knowledge is so deep and she really serves her clients well. So I hope that you guys can be encouraged by this conversation, but also be spurred on to really make that strong connection between the motivating factors that you have within your business and how that directly influences your branding. And make sure that you hang on until the end because Catherine drops some really practical tips on how to make sure that even the visuals within your business and the visuals within your brand correspond with how you are wanting to make your clients and your customers feel whenever they interact with you. So put in your earbuds, get to work, listen in on this conversation and enjoy. Hey, Catherine. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so excited for our conversation today. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself and tell us all more about what you do. So I'm a brand designer. Essentially, I'm a graphic designer who specializes in branding for creatives and wedding professionals. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing this for about seven years now. Um, originally I was working in graphic design doing book covers and branding in that publishing industry and saw a huge need in the creative world for people to present their work just as well as they were actually executing it. Yeah. I was seeing people who were super creative and artistic in what they were presenting to clients or selling in shops, but not in the way they were actually packaging that up and presenting it, which really changes how things are perceived. So it's funny because I started in book covers, which is all about first impressions. Yeah. And now I really built my career on first impressions as well with branding. But I think the difference with branding is it's first impressions, but then it's also about the experience people have with you on an ongoing basis. So it's like first impressions and then proving <laughs> them true, hopefully, with your company or your service. I've never made that connection before, actually, knowing that you've done book covers in the past and then thinking about branding now, about how that's like 
an extension of the work that you were doing before. Like you're taking the the journey further than just like the start of a book. I think that's really, really cool. I didn't know that. I didn't like think about that before, but now that you're working with branding with clients and you sit down and you talk with them about their why behind their business and you're trying to learn more about them and the reason that they're doing what they're doing, what are the key things that you like to listen to in that conversation or like the takeaways, I guess, that you always have um, whenever you're having that time with a client for the first time? Yeah. So being a graphic designer, before we even get into a conversation about fonts or colors or logos mm-hmm. or anything like that, we start with why, you know, all of Simon Sinek a little bit, because I really think that in order to figure out what your brand needs to look like, what it needs to feel like, you need to understand not just what your driving motivation is in your business, but really what sets you apart. And I think when you start answering for your business, whatever that might be, maybe you're listening to this and you have a shop where you are, you know, crafting goods for people to purchase, or maybe you're a service provider and you're creating some kind of interpretation for them and they're paying you for it, whatever it is that you're doing, you really need to think about not just, okay, why do I love this so much? Why does this bring me joy? But you need to go not only inward, but outward and think about, well, what sets me apart in the market from my competition, from other people that are doing something similar. And I think asking yourself, why am I in business is a really good way to start to tease out the specific things that actually do help you make a sale. It really comes down to like, what's your unique value proposition as a service or as a product? And I think asking why um, will help you start discovering what those answers are. Do you have any examples or like clients that you've worked with that you felt like they like their motivations behind their business just really moved you even, or it was something that you were like, Oh yes, I can get behind that. Or I really understand where they're coming from. Maybe just an example of how that's like, like one client or business that could be looked to as a way that they really fleshed it out and gotten really clear on why it is that they want to be in the kind of business that they're in. Yeah, absolutely. I think a common thread I hear from a lot of small business owners is a passion for service. So that can look a little differently for each business, but I think it comes back to a heart of doing exceptional work for a larger purpose. Mm. And so that passion, it's really amazing hearing how that breaks down specifically for different businesses. So I worked with a florist in Michigan who just has such an incredible attention to detail. She will go through, you know, right before all the florals are placed out and she'll pull stems that, you know, don't look quite right, you know, flowers that aren't quite the freshest and she'll replace them. And she'll even bring in additional product, even beyond what the client ordered, just to create something super, super impactful. Hmm. So as she was describing to me her process, the way that she takes quality to a whole other level that I didn't even know existed. (laughs) It's always so fascinating because I'm hearing about creative worlds that I know a tiny bit about just from my other clients, but I've never been a florist personally. (laughs) But hearing how her passion to create something really of exceptional quality 
really to deliver a good product, how that translates to all the specifics that she really cares for and labors over. It really Mm. is such a labor of love for her. And I think the why that motivates that is she wants her couples, she's a wedding florist, to have an incredible, impactful experience and to have wedding flowers like no other. She really believes that that quality is going to create a different level of impact. And I think you know, there's definitely different approaches to the same service or product. So whatever it is that you're doing as you're listening to this, um, you know, it's quality may not be your key differentiator. That doesn't mean you don't do good work, but I think (laughs) it's important that you really hone in on what's your key differentiator. And so as you kind of tell the story of, you know, why do I approach my work the way I do? Why do I get up in the morning and feel excited to do this? Or what about my process or the projects that I'm producing really lights me up? As you start to answer those specific questions, I think you're gonna start to see some clarity and common threads that hopefully you'll be able to tie together in like one big idea, because Mm -hmm. that's gonna be so compelling for you and your business as you're creating your business model, as you're packaging up your services, but then also as you're marketing them. And Part of marketing is really branding, honestly. I think the yeah. two are super intertwined. Yeah. So having kind of a few keywords that you can go to as these are the main things of, you know, maybe not just your personal why, but maybe how your personal why unfolds into that differentiation is really helpful. Yeah. Have you, I mean, talking about the personal why in your experience, do you find a lot of times that a creative might have a personal why or a personal reason as to running their business that is maybe a little bit different than the professional why, or I don't know what I'm trying to say is, but like what they would present forward to a client. So like, for example, I know for me, a lot of the times of running my own business, a main motivating factor is that I get to control my schedule. I get to be with my family when I want to be with my family. I get to like just have a lot of control over the kind of lifestyle that I want to have. Whereas I might not have that if I was working for another company, but that's not really what I would put out into the world as far as why I, you know, want to serve creative business owners and why I want to make sure that, um, they're crafting a business that is going to be beneficial for them. I think it's more like outwardly focused, if that makes sense. So do you see like differentiations between a, a personal motivation as to why somebody might be running their business as opposed to like what they're wanting to do for others or how they're wanting to serve others? Oh, absolutely. And I think that oftentimes when I'm talking through with people, what's your why for your brand? Yeah. A lot of times the first thing that comes up is, well, to feed my family or to pay our (laughs) bills or to, you know, be a contributor in my family or whatever kind of monetary reason they might have, which can look really different, by the way, business to business. You know, Mm -hmm. not everyone is like saying, oh, I need to be a six figure business. A lot of people want to contribute something or maybe they have, you know, certain financial goals that they are really wanting to be a part of. And they're in the early stages of their business, but that's still a very solid, important goal for them. Mm -hmm. So if you are maybe in the building stages of your business, you know, don't belittle that just as an aside that even those like personal family goals that you have are really important. And so, yeah, yeah, I think it's good to take a look at that at the top to define what you need 
Um, and then to look at, you know, what are you going to give to meet the needs of others? Because I think the two really go hand in hand. You can't have a business if you're not making money. <laughs> That's <And> true. There's <laughs> absolutely nothing wrong with that. And so if you're trying to earn freedom of schedule, uh, travel, flexibility, money, or whatever type of compensation it is that you're looking to get out of this, or maybe that is a sense of fulfillment or a sense of using your creativity. I think everyone that starts a creative business probably wants all of those things or a combination of most of those items. Mm-hmm. That's important for you to, to nail down and figure out what you need to get because you can't really give well to other people and ignore your own needs at the same time. And that's such a basic so you know, principle, <laughs> but as a business owner, you've got to nail that down and not just look outward to some poetic ideal of this beautiful thing you want to create that people are going to buy from you. I think mm-hmm. you need to do both. So starting with the practical and then getting into some of the more passion oriented wise as well. Yeah. I mean, because when you look at, a brand or anything that you're bringing to market, it's really about the intersection of the needs and desires of existing customers in the market, whether those are realized or not, Mm -hmm. there has to be a need or desire or a problem that you're solving with whatever you're making. Mm. And maybe you're making something that's very luxury, or maybe you're making something that is beauty for the sake of beauty, but there's still a need or desire to elevate how they perceive themselves, for example, or to experience more peace in their life and the way that they experience your creative work does that for them. So it's still hitting a need or desire, even if it's not, you know, food, water, or shelter or something like that. And I think, you know, those needs and desires, they then intersect with your skill set and mm-hmm. your viewpoint on the world. And so it's those two things, when you really have a synergy between those, I think that's when magic starts to happen, um, yeah. where you're not just, you know, creating this solely around someone else, but you're really looking at your own vision and your own skill set and abilities as well and building from there. And then of course, as you grow, you can be integrating those of a team or really looking more at the culture of a brand. You know, don't too focused on your own gifts or limitations either. While those might be kind of the birthplace of whatever you create, I think also you need to look long-term at This is more of like a culture that you want to create with your brand. And that way, if you do end up scaling up your business and you're bringing on other people and other voices, you still have an authentic core that you can be tied to that's really Mm -hmm. going to guide you through like changes in a market or changes in staffing or, you know, so many variables that your business is going to go through ups and downs over the year, years. But when you have a strong why, not just as an individual, but really a why that's more about your brand, then I think that is going to be such a guiding influence on how you set up the way you relate to your team, how you communicate with your clients, how you create a whole sales process, you know, all of these things. (laughs) And so that's why defining your why, not just on a personal level of, you know, you want to get compensation in some form, but really about what your product or service can give to others. That's why that's so important because it really is going to create a long-term effect and impact in how you build your business. Yes. This is all so good. Um, I think like, A, I think it's very encouraging to, or just even clarifying maybe is the word that I'm trying to say, because 
think a lot of people get really hung up when they're trying to define their, their motivating factors behind their business or what they're doing to serve somebody. Because I think a lot of people always do come back to the food, water, shelter. Well, what I'm doing is not, you know, life changing for somebody, but really there's more to life than food, water, and shelter. Like, yes, those are basic needs, but if that's the only thing that we experienced in life, it'd be a real bummer. (laughs) So I think that that's really insightful to encourage listeners to look at it in that way of trying to think of the, the other needs that people have and how they're going to meet that. And then also thinking of building this brand as a long-term vision and not just the here and the now, because I don't, I mean, I know for me, a lot of times it's hard or in the beginning, it was very hard to think of myself as a brand because I'm just a person, you know, when you are one person, you're like, well, I'm Jordan or I'm Catherine. I'm not a brand. I'm not, you know, like anthropology or target or whatever, but having that, like framing it as the experience that you want your clients or your customers to have, I think is a much better frame of mind and a much, much better approach to take it than to just think like, Oh, I need to brand myself. Cause sometimes I think that that can seem really unattainable almost, or just like a very big burden or barrier to try to get over to figure out how to do that. So I think those are incredibly helpful insights, but I'm wondering if there are any like common mistakes or oversights that you see creatives doing or where they might be missing an element in defining their motivations? Are there any things that like little red flags or um, just oversights or areas that you think that, oh, I would love it if I could just make sure everybody pays attention to, to this and and make sure that they're, they're um, really honing in on this area? I think not getting specific enough. It's really easy to whatever it is in life, whether you're building a business or doing homework as a kid or just trying to get to the kitchen clean, it's really easy to like do a first pass <laughs> kind of mentality where it's like, okay, things are put away, counters wiped. All right, good, moving on. And there's nothing wrong with that for tasks that we you know need to keep moving in life. But I think anytime you're trying to do strategy or some reflection, if you can slow down for a little bit and force yourself to go a little bit deeper, Because this isn't like a daily type of chore task. This is more of a seasonal deep cleaning, I would almost say, like deep cleaning to look at your motivations and your mindsets. And so giving yourself like the space to really reflect, I think is important. And then I would say asking yourself multiple questions. You know, don't just stop with, okay, why am I in business? What's my why? Really (laughs) kind of give yourself some more, I guess, tools to work with to help you uncover more specifics because it's going to be hard you're probably going to answer off the bat one angle of it one aspect Mm. and so if you give yourself additional prompts and you really sit down and whether this is through journaling or maybe like me you're a verbal processor and maybe you get on the call with a business coach or your graphic designer that you're working with or maybe even your VA or your assistant And you just kind of process through this, whatever works for you, or maybe it's your partner or a good friend, whoever it is, I encourage you to figure out how do you think best and then utilize that space 
to really kind of drill down and get very specific and try to come up with as many different things as you can think of to start with. I always encourage people to cast a wide net early on. (laughs) Be really open. If you want to like really cut off the creative process in any way, shape or form, no matter what you're doing, a great way to do that is to be like, I have to have the right answer the first time. Yeah. And so, yeah, you're probably going to have something really safe, really like all encompassing. That's like, well, that's not wrong. You're going to say, well, I'm a florist because I love flowers and flowers make everyone happy. (laughs) Well, yeah, I think that's probably true for you, but Is that going to really help you differentiate yourself in a very crowded market? Probably not. Mm -hmm. And so I think, for example, for a florist, you would want to get a lot more specific. And like I was saying with my client in Michigan, really look at, okay, what's my process? Why do I, you know, arrange my buckets of flowers the way I do? That Mm -hmm. may seem like a really tedious, almost ridiculous question, but I promise you by going through each step of your process and really saying, why do I do it this way? Or maybe you're making some drastic changes and you're excited about those. Say, why am I so excited to implement this specific change in my business? Mm. I think you're going to uncover the heart of your motivations there. You know, as I've been working with Jordan, which has been so, so helpful for me and mindset and grounding in my own business and workflow, we've been talking a lot about how can I make things run more efficiently And I've gotten so excited about looking at my process and seeing, (laughs) okay, there's these big holes where it's like, I am wasting, you know, I'm spinning my wheels here and I know I do it every single project. So how can I eliminate that? And when I say, why am I so excited to implement this new system or this change and how we're doing a meeting, how we're gathering feedback or whatever component Mm. it is, it really comes back to, Well, I'm so excited because I know that's going to allow clients to get a better quality product more quickly. And it's going to get something into their hands that helps them earn money doing what they love. And so, yeah, I'm looking at one little part of my process there, but what did it get me back to? Like my big picture. Mm -hmm. And so I think it goes both ways. Like you can go from big picture down to you know, daily level process, or you can go from daily level process back to big picture, but they're all interconnected. And so that's going to help you uncover your why by asking those kind of process questions. Yeah, I think you can also ask things like, you know, why am I in this specific creative field of everything artistic I could be doing or of everything fill in the blank for whatever skills. (laughs) However, you could be utilizing your administrative organizational brain why are you using it this way? Like what specifically about this work really drew you to create this business? You know, so kind of, you know, whether you're jotting down some bullet points about that, whether you're journaling or sharing with a friend in conversation, really get specific there and go a lot deeper than just the simple answer. Ask yourself, what makes me so excited to get up in the morning and do this? And by the way, I hate to break it to you. If you're just starting, you're not always going to be excited to get up in the morning and do this. <laughs> so this is work, right? <laughs> and there's going to be parts of it that you continue to love, um, especially as a creative. I think there's parts of a creative process that we inherently love, especially when it's done and someone has told us that we love that they love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. But creative process can also be extremely frustrating and unfulfilling at the same time. So, you know, don't let your why for doing this be just tied to your ability to create, because I think it also needs to be tied to what that creative work does for someone else. Mm. Um, 
and ask yourself, you know, what is my goal and mission with this business? And you don't have to have something that's very corporate speak, like, you know, a standard mission statement or, you know, core values and beliefs. If you want to get into all of that, that's great. But I think you can also just answer this really off the cuff at first. If you were explaining to a good friend in a very, you know, safe space, what your mission is with this, you know, just like, what's your intention, I guess is what I mean by the word mission. Mm -hmm. What's, you know, what do you actually want to accomplish? What do you want to do with this in five years? What do you see this becoming and morphing into that's maybe even larger than what this individual service or product is today? I think that kind of question is also going to help you uncover the larger why behind the specific what you have in front of you today. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I mean, the tough love of it's not, you're not always going to want to jump out of bed in the morning and get to work. It's so real. But when there's something deeper driving you, then I like to make things, then it makes it a little bit easier. Like you can get past it and you can keep moving forward. But yeah, I mean, life is life and it's not always pretty and happy and if you don't have like deeper motivations for things, then it becomes really superficial. And I think that's when people kind of start jumping around because they're always chasing the next thing that's going to make them happy, which we both know just doesn't work. (laughs) So thinking about all this though, with the mistakes to avoid and then the importance of defining your why and knowing the heart behind your business, how should, once you get really clear on it and you're like, this is why I want to do what I do. This is, you know, my driving force. How should that influence your branding? So the look and the feel of your business. So I think visuals always are tied to a feeling Mm -hmm. piece of clothing that that outfit that you see on the mannequin appeals to you because it makes you feel a certain way or it creates a certain perception of maybe yeah. who would wear that or what you would wear that to. It's always tied to context, right? Mm-hmm. And so a brand isn't just about in isolation, oh, I like that font or, oh, I like that color. That speaks to me. I think it speaks to you because of how it makes you feel. And so with your why, I think that there's a tone that you're setting. Um, there's a, a feeling that you're kind of uncovering. And that might be really peppy and exciting. It might be like, you know, we want to bring laughter or joy, or there might be just a high level of energy. And when you define your why, or there might be maybe a more like calming, peaceful level of energy that's tied to your why Mm -hmm. for what you're actually doing for people um, beyond just the product or service that they're purchasing, what they actually are experiencing. And so I think it's important for you to take a look at like, what's the energy level in the experience that you're giving someone? And then how is that translating to visuals? So for example, with color, you want to make sure that your colors are in line with that. So obviously if you go into a spa, you're going to have really soothing, calming colors. Yeah. And if there are colors, it's probably going to be calming blues. And that's, there's a reason for that. It's because that's actually going to calm you down when you enter that space. And it's going to be in line with everything else you're experiencing. And then hopefully the decor as well is going to match the caliber 
of the quality and the price point that that establishment offers, right? So yeah. if they're giving you really premium serums or, you know, gosh, maybe I just want to go to a spa. I know. <laughs> like forget um, work today. Let's yeah, just seriously. <laughs> Having like this whole fantasy here, but you know, you get my point that the decor needs to be in line. If the decor comes across as cheap or tacky, but then they're trying to give you really high-end products and they're trying to upsell you at the end to like purchase these products and take them home, <laughs> it's it's going to be really dissonant. It's not going to yeah. be congruent. You want to make sure that whatever you're selling is congruent to the context that you're putting it in. So for you, that may not be a physical space. That may be your online storefront. Make sure that that online storefront feels really congruent with how the rest of your experience and your actual product or service, the caliber of quality that that is, feels. Um, but beyond just you know, luxury or how premium something is, I think you can get really specific with other types of feelings as well. So I kind of hinted at this earlier, you know, some brands are going to be really fun and loud. And, yeah. you know, if they, if that brand was at a party, they'd be telling stories, they'd be cracking jokes, everyone would be in a circle around that brand kind of uh -huh. feeding off that brand's energy. <laughs> um, but maybe your brand is the one at the party that's behind the scenes, you're, you know, grabbing people drinks, you're helping out at the end of the night, and you're a little bit quieter as a brand. And by the way, this doesn't mean that it's your specific personality. You've mm -hmm. got to separate a little oh, bit between who you are versus who your company is. Yeah, there's going to be overlap, especially if you're a sole proprietor. But you are not alone your business your business is the sum of a lot more than just you your personality yeah so I think those can be a good starting point but make sure that you're not getting too honed in on who you are personally that you kind of blur <laughs> the lines especially when it comes to identity and value you can't just you know derive your own personal sense of value based on what you can or can't deliver as a business so yes. that's like a huge yeah. other topic that's but a side whole note. conversation yeah <laughs> but when it comes to your brand personality I just want to be really clear I'm not talking about your Enneagram or your Myers-Briggs like yeah. I'm talking about your company like just using personality as kind of a barometer that I think we're all familiar with but then translating that to a business yeah um so yeah, you can think about things like that, basically the energy of the experience that you're bringing. And also the thinking about if a client is working with you one-to-one -one, or if a client is buying from you, a customer is buying from you, you know, how do they feel when they hold your product in their hands? Or how do they feel when they see the proof that you've delivered to them, whether that's copywriting or whether that's, you know, a a set of notes as a business coach that you're delivering to them. How do they feel? And try to name as many different feelings as possible because there's not just going to be one. They're probably going to feel a spectrum of emotions at different points. And if you can figure out the different touch points that your company has, and by touch point, I mean anytime a customer or client interacts with, hears about, or like kind of acknowledges your company, mm -hmm. I think you can also generate more ideas for yourself in this brainstorm process. So mm -hmm. how they feel, for example, when they Google whatever they're looking for and your website pops up and they click on the link and land on your homepage, yeah. like they list out what are the feelings that you want people to have at that point, you know, then how do they feel when they contact you and 
what, how do they feel when they get a little note back automatically, or maybe, you know, they're waiting a few days and they get a, a personal email from you or whatever, really trying to outline your whole process. Obviously, if you're selling a product, it's going to be a little bit different. That's more service oriented, but try to get very specific with all of that. So that way you're not just looking at the one aspect that maybe you're tempted to really focus on, but really looking at, okay, now, yes, it matters how they feel at the end of the day. For example, when I deliver the logo and the overall design, Yeah. but it also matters how they feel when I'm asking them hard questions and am I and feel comfortable, or it also matters how they feel if they're waiting to get an email from me and I don't update them, you know, so really <laughs> it's, it's such an involved comprehensive process, whatever you're doing. And you want to really look at how are they feeling? And this is a great place for growth as well, where you can say, okay, how are they currently probably feeling versus how would I like them to feel? Or what shifts do I need to make in order to really go back to my overall why, which is, you know, for me, it would be to help, you know, creative small businesses be more purposeful and profitable because love is the best work. If that's my why, then I really need to fix and address the little things that are happening along the way that don't align. So whatever you're I think your why can really be that guiding force to help you align and just improve overall. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's get really practical. So when you are helping creatives build this brand and you're um, making sure that it really reflects their heart behind their business, what are some practical tips or some practical elements and decisions that you make whenever you're working with creatives that really helps them communicate this well that you feel like you could offer to the listeners? So first, I would say to make a mood board that has images that represent the type of work you want to be doing and who you want to be doing it for. So on face value, that, that might sound a little bit limiting, uh-huh. Or maybe that brings up in you the idea, well, isn't that, um, doesn't that kind of put people out or is that overly exclusive? But I think you need to get really specific about who is the person that you are creating this product or service for. Mm. And I think that goes into, you know, their ability to compensate you. That's definitely like a baseline thing with ideal client, but also just like, who comes to mind? Like, who is it that you're solving a problem for? And if you don't get specific, then how are you even solving a problem for anyone? Or how are you even enhancing someone's life? Because like we said, it may not on the face look like a problem. It may be that you are elevating someone's experiences in their life or status or, you know, aesthetics and creative work, I think can be, you know, so multifaceted what you're doing for people. But if you don't answer who, then then how are you doing any of that stuff for anyone really specifically? So that mood board should have images that represent the style that that person is drawn to. It should have images that are evocative of the feeling of the experience that they're craving when they shop at a store or when they go online and look for a service provider like yourself. Um, Those should have images that, you know, are very reflective of a color palette Um, So try to really curate down to that. And I think that's going to really help you then have a sense of the aesthetic. And when I say aesthetic, I don't mean like, oh, you're going to have your logo on your mood board or, oh, you're going to have fonts on your mood board. I would say leave that graphic design stuff off and focus just on 
that overall vision that you're creating. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I think that mood board, you can start to get really practical with it. So for example, you can open up your mood board of all these beautiful images that inspire you. And you can use the eyedropper tool and you can pull out colors that then yeah brand colors yeah so that way you're really tying everything back to purpose and your overall vision of where you're going um and you can you know obviously turn those into pantone colors um and I have if you're looking for very specific you know on how to do this stuff on my Instagram I do have a lot of free tutorials and I show you exactly how to do what I'm talking about for example with how to get the pantone color from your mood board um but I would also say, you know, when it comes to picking your fonts for your brand, if you're DIYing this, pull up your mood board and then pull up in another tab next to it, you know, whatever your list of fonts is that you're trying to choose between. Um, and I think that you're going to see it in context then of where you actually want to take it versus if you just look at something in isolation, it's a lot harder to make a creative decision. Yeah. So I think that's a really great thing to do as well. Also, just make sure you're actually looking at, this is so basic, but make sure you're looking at the font and spelling out your company name and comparing apples to apples. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're just looking at the, the graphics that are generated on a Foundry website with kind of the ABCDE graphic or whatever, yeah. you know, yeah. you're not going to be comparing apples to apples. You're going to probably love something about one graphic, but you need to make sure you're, you're looking at the same thing for each kind of thing that you're weighing. So what we like to do is we type out all the company names, we save them as PNGs, like from the website or take a screenshot of it. And then we name it by the font. So that way, if we're evaluating maybe 50 different fonts for a project, it's really easy for us to go through, like we'll literally um, preview them. I work on a Mac. Um, Uh So in Finder, you know, we'll go into that folder where all of those PNGs or all those JPEGs are. And, you know, you just hit the space bar to kind of uh, preview the image. And then you can tab down through all of them. And that's a really great way to kind of clear away the clutter and see, okay, what does my business name actually look like in this font? Um, and then, like I said, once you have a short list, then look at it next to your mood board or maybe even put it next to, bring it into your mood board and see how it feels in that environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's really going to help you narrow in on things. Super practical, like really practical tips, I think, for something that can sometimes feel really overwhelming um, with trying to make these decisions. But when you think about all of it, I would love to hear just as we wrap up, like when you're going through these things and I know that you, your brand has been, you've been doing this for years now. And so it's been a while since you did your branding. But when you think about like the elements that you chose and the reason that you made the decisions that you made, what are just like a few different things that stick out to you as like, well, this may not seem like a big deal to a lot of people, but this, this element really means a lot to me, or it was very intentional that I chose to do this with, with your brand. Yeah. So I think the first thing was I wanted the company to look really elegant and classic Mm -hmm. because I was niching myself from day one in the creative and wedding space. So I knew that that was the type of customer that I wanted to attract and serve. So I didn't want my aesthetic to look really corporate or cold or impersonal, Mm -hmm. Um, but I wanted it to feel elegant, but also very professional because again, getting back to the story I told at the beginning of this, I was seeing 
these creative businesses I was really connecting with personally, who I felt sure just seeing their work, their work was incredible. I felt sure they were going to deliver something of quality. And I was excited, you know, personally to hire them when I was planning my own wedding at the time. But they weren't presenting themselves that way. And so I knew I needed to show people how professional a website could be as basic as that sounds. Um, so I wanted it to be really polished, but also classic and, and warm as well. So, I mean, I really picked everything like the colors, the fonts from that place. And I think if you're not a designer, I mean, I don't want to bore people to tears, but, you know, really every single decision, all of us graphic designers, we will spend like hours analyzing colors. Like we'll yes. look at the difference between shades of cream, for example. So my <laughs> my business name is Creme Brands, which I think even just how I picked that name was, you know, I wanted to have an emphasis on weddings and not that I do weddings directly, but my clients do. And so Creme that whole concept of the world of white dresses and excellence, creme de la creme, like the best of the best. Not that I personally felt that I was that. Again, I wasn't branding around who I personally felt I was or even strove to be, but I wanted to brand around an idea that I th thought my clients could connect with and solve yeah. the problem that I thought my clients had. And the problem I was seeing was people were not presenting themselves as best of the best. Even though a lot of times they were, they were presenting yeah. themselves a far cry from that. So really, even when I picked my name, when I picked the colors, I wanted it to all flow together and make sense. So the color palette naturally does have cream in it and it's mm -hmm. black because that's very classic and traditional, very elegant. And I think a limited color palette as well. The fonts that I chose, again, not to get into all of the, <laughs> you know, nuances of all of that. But I mean, I really kind of did it for the same reason that I wanted it to have a hint of a feeling of wedding appropriate, but also very professional and polished at the same time. So yeah, yeah really everything kind of goes back to those key values and the problem you want to solve for people. If you're just starting your business, you're trying to create a brand for it. My biggest piece of advice for you aside from, you know, the why and everything we've talked about today, it would just be keep it really simple at first. The mm. biggest mistake I see people make with branding early on is they try to say too much too soon. Mm. And unless you're really ready to go through an exploratory strategic process because you have a lot of market research or because you have a lot of knowledge about the industry you're working in from other experiences you've had, if you're just starting and, you know, kind of, building as you go with clients and projects let that really inform your process when it's time but when you're just starting you know maybe start with something really simple focus on a few key feelings that you want people to have in their experience with you center your colors and typography around that and let that be enough like don't yeah. feel the need to add 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 or try to say something that maybe you're not even ready to say yet. That's so much pressure on you. <laughs> and I think it may end up kind of sabotaging what you ultimately end up creating or, you know, wanting to create. It may end up conflicting with it rather. So mm -hmm. kind of just give yourself some space like in the first few years. And then when you're ready to go through a more intensive rebrand, like maybe at that point you're even ready to reinvest in your business which I always encourage people like invest when the time is right. Like I, yeah. I'm not here to hard sell anyone and I hope other designers, you know, aren't either. I think all the designers I know and talk to, we all really believe that when someone's ready to go through a deep process, they're going to get so much more out of it. And we're going to be able to deliver something that's a lot more 
um, custom crafted for them because there's a message to craft it around. So yes, I totally agree. And I think when did you do your the branding that you're using today? How long have you been using it? I've been using it almost seven years now, which is That's crazy. Incredible. I knew it yeah. was a long time, which is such a testament to like classic, timeless, good branding. Like it's like it's really encouraging because I think the branding process can be really intense and it can take a lot out of you sometimes, you know, when you're trying to like build all of this, but knowing that you're going to go through these processes, you're going to get really specific about your why and your motivating factors. And you're going to make these decisions based around that. Like it has the potential to, to serve you for years to come. And so it's not just something that you're having to like every year crank out a new brand. Like that's not the goal here. The goal is to, do the hard work in the beginning so that it will lay a really solid foundation to serve you for a really long time. So I feel like your brand and your decision-making is such a good example to that philosophy. And it's really encouraging to know that it's possible. So I'm really thankful that you had this conversation with me today. I think it was so helpful. I hope everybody really takes away um, all the points that we talked about. And if they would like to learn more from you and get in on those Instagram stories that you do that are so full of information, it's crazy. How can people find you? So I'm at Crim Brands, so C-R-E-M-E and then Brands on Instagram. Also, my website is crimbrands.com. But yeah, feel free to drop me a DM if you're listening to this and you are just starting and you've got questions as you're, you know, DIYing, I'd be happy to point you to a resource or referral or however I can help you. If you're a little bit further in your business, you're looking to work with someone on branding, always happy to chat with you as well. But, you know, branding is so much more than just a design process. So I love creating resources for you. So I'm really excited to connect with you, hopefully on Instagram and get to know you a little bit. Yes. And I will put Catherine's Instagram and website in the show notes so that you guys can just easily click over and see what she's up to. So thank you, Catherine. This was so great. I loved our conversation and I'm just so thankful that you came on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Chat soon. Thanks so much for listening in on this episode of The Grounding. Make sure that you're subscribed so that you can have new episodes delivered straight to your podcast way that you can continue to support the growth of this podcast is to leave a review in itunes that's gonna allow more creative business owners just like yourself find